It's the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher, your guide for fishing and hunting in the great Northwest. Now, here's your guide, Lance Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you're having a fabulous Saturday morning as you're, I don't know, hopefully enjoying a little bit of time off. I know I am this weekend, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but there was a time when I had to be going every single minute and going someplace and doing something, fishing someplace, but, you know, I enjoy a little bit of downtime, and this weekend I'm actually working in the shop and getting some gear ready as we kind of get into this time where it's just busy, busy, busy. You know, we've got some steelhead fishing that's going on right now, um, albeit uh, a little low and clear, uh, not exactly what we need at this point, but seems like we've got some moisture, at least on the way. I'm not sure what it's going to, tr- how it's going to translate in terms of bringing our rivers up. We're, we'll see. I mean, it's cold. Uh, we know that much, but, uh, you know, when it does start thawing out, you know, how much of it's going to, you know, end up in our rivers, we'll, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of people are wondering that as we are into the middle of February and really getting into time, prime time in on many of our steelhead streams as uh, we've got steelhead returning and albeit it's not a huge run this year I don't think anybody's like doing backflips or anything that the runs just crazy crazy Uh, but like I was telling one of my guides the other day you know I've seen tons worse and you know when guys are going out and getting a few fish a day I think that's pretty decent fishing now granted coming off a high water I'd think that was slow and I think that is um, but even this week I had buddies going out and getting three feet, three fish. Um, and that's in less than ideal conditions. So I, you know, I'd give the run a, ah, what are we going to call it? A C, you know, I, I just give it a C, right? I, I don't know. Maybe there's guys out there that think it's worse or better, but I think it's about a C, you know, nothing crazy, nothing horrible. Um, you know, could be better, you know, I mean, imagine talking to your kid, he brings home a seat, you know, you're like, you know, he didn't kill anybody or, you know, but it could have definitely been better. I mean, there's probably a few of you going, man, I wish my kid came home with a C. I mean, that'd be a big improvement, but you know, Hey, if you're dealing with that, I'm sorry. Um, who knows? I may be dealing with that one of these days, but, uh, uh anyway, that's not, that's not the subject here. The subject is, that you know we've got a few fish around i don't think it's any crazy great year i think it's just some steelhead fishing which is which is good enough but uh also springers right around the corner so i'm gonna hang out in the garage and actually you know just work on the gear and make sure my inventory is all cool um i gotta get leaders um put together and i've i've got a person that ties all my leaders and so I kind of take inventory of everything and just make sure everything's exactly as I'd have it. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have her fill in any blanks that I might need on my leader packages, which is, it, it, it's hard. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I've got boxes of pre-tied leaders around. 
And the reason being is, is that I've got all these different lengths of the same hook arrangements because you really don't know, you know, what size herring you're going to have. And I've got a really specific way that I like my hooks dangling off a herring. Well, I, I don't have as much room as you might think. I might have about three quarters of an inch of leeway, um, you know, where it could be shorter or longer. And then it's just, it doesn't fit well enough. So um, if you think about the different sizes of herring and you've only got a three quarters of an inch of leeway, um, every, you know, every three quarters of an inch, you got a new leader, you know, I mean, you got a, you got a few sets of leaders and, you know, I use some of those same hook arrangements for fall fish. Well, with fall fish, I use heavier leaders than I do with spring Chinook. So, you know, you've got the different spacing, hook spacing, size and spacing. Um, and I, I only use two different hook packages, um, if you will, with with how I how I typically tie things. I've got a few other rolls that I use, but I'll just tie those myself. But by major rolls, I've 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 got a couple hook size variations and then a couple you know, leader size configuration. So, you know, fall fish, I tend to, you know, run about a 25 on the Seaguar fluorocarbon. Um, you know, I, I think it's about a, I don't know, about a 20 uh, if I were to run Maxima. Um, however, buoy 10, I run a little heavier, you know, and I'm into the 30-pound Seaguar um, and, you know, maybe about a 25 pound maxima i mean i think i think that maxima is pretty uh pretty darn stable i know guys that run 40 i'm just not a big leader guy i'm not a big hook guy i'm not a big leader guy intend to run a little bit smaller things and i don't know it works for me yeah i don't get to you know arkansas i'm the same way some guys are able to and just really put the wood screws to them but you know hey I, i i've got plenty of real estate out there to chase them around and you know, I mean, 25-pound maximum is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, you've got you've got some decent cable there. I, I mean, and I know some guys, oh, no, man, I'm running 40-pound maximum and, uh, you know, maxima. And, yeah, that's cool. All right. You know, I'm with you. I got it. I just don't fish like that. And I know lots of guys that do. So it's, um, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> you, you couldn't, if you're running 40 pound Maxima, you couldn't run my system. I, I mean, you couldn't use, you couldn't really do a whole lot of anything that I do. And likewise, you know, you're not going to be su- very successful doing what I do. So I just, I know how this whole thing goes and people try to, um, emulate mimic what other people do and it's super difficult i mean because if you're not literally doing everything that they're doing you might as well not be doing it all and i mean everything i mean the 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 rod's got to be the same um the main line's got to be the same you know your hook sizes leader sizes all of those things got to be the same and then You've got to be able to troll your boat similarly, in other words, at the same speeds, because there's certain, you know, there's certain roles that do better faster, do better slower. I mean, it's, man, there are a ton of variables out there. And sometimes, um, 
you know, I don't think it always matters. But, man, when it matters, like it's going to for Springers, it matters. I mean, it's it's a big deal. But I actually enjoy it. I, I find relaxation being out in my, uh, out in my shop, turning on some music. You know, you've got those Bluetooth speakers that – that hook right up your your cell phone and I tr- I've, I've got some milwaukee's i fished some of the guys from milwaukee tools and uh good guys and uh so i've got some of those bluetooth speakers from milwaukee and i just uh, yeah you get the tunes going and you kind of get lost in what you're doing and i don't just sit out there and monkey around but i literally just go through everything make sh- sure all my stuff sorted I know exactly what I'm going to be using coming up this spring, and uh, I've already got my hook order. That's already done. I got all my hooks ordered for the entire year um, last winter, so I'm in good shape on those. And then it's just a matter of hook filling in the blanks on the leaders because everything else, man, we're good to go. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I'm 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 ready to rock and I'm excited to do so. So I'll probably tie up some rods and start on that process and just generally enjoy some music, hang out, do some family stuff, maybe do a little bit here and there with the uh with the kiddos and the wife and generally just enjoy, just relax. I mean, isn't shouldn't you do that every now and then? Is just do a little bit of that, which is which is just chill. I mean, uh you know, I know a lot of us don't get to do that very often. And for myself, um, I know it's still working technically, uh, but it's not. It's it, it's it, there's nothing pressing, and you get to you know kind of take a step back and do things at a slightly different pace. And I think that's a that's a good thing. I don't think anybody complain at a little bit of shop time. So hey, grab some coffee. We're going to be back with plenty more of the Northwest Outdoor Show right after these messages. Just keep trolling along. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Back to the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher. Welcome back. And if you're looking to do some fishing this year, now's a great time to get on the schedule. And you're able to, I don't know, do some planning and bring some people into town or uh, be able to get a group of people at work or some clients um, you can head over to LanceFisherFishing.com. That's LanceFisherFishing.com, and uh, you can contact me there. It's super easy, and we've got uh, plenty going on, a little bit of steelhead fishing going on right now, and we've got springer fishing coming up and then into our summer fisheries and into our fall fisheries, and gosh, I mean, it's just it's another year, another year of excitement, another year of being in the Pacific Northwest and being able to do all the fishing we love to do and I'm excited for some high lakes fishing, being able to take the kids up to, uh, you know, some of the high lakes and hang out and, and uh, go to the favorite haunts that I have and be able to enjoy some this doesn't matter fishing. And, and I, I say that only because it kind of doesn't matter. You know, you go to, you know, some of the high lakes and, it's not a matter if you're going to catch your limit. You're going to catch your limit, so you figure out ways to make it more interesting to catch your limit. And uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy that. I, I think it's great. I I love going up and 
dragonflies, actually. Um, I've got these rods that I've had built and that uh, do amazing. They're little nine-foot noodle rods, you know, kind of six-weight types. And I don't have any fly line uh, on these on these particular reels, just 10-pound monofilament, you know, uh, a... Invisex type line from Seagar, which is basically just fluorocarbon. And then I will um, do a little nail, a uh, little nail knot, and then on to, you know, maybe a six pound type leader. No big deal. And then, you know, just above that little nail knot, you might put a split shot or something like that. But I'll bring the electric motor over on the, on the Willie. And you can kind of combat the wind because there's generally, most of the time, there's always wind. And I like when there's wind and not lots of it, but just a little bit of it's enough. And just enough to where you've kind of got to back into the wind. And you can kind of control that little emerger or nymph or whatever you're fishing typically a soft tackle of some sort or or what have you and they the fish absolutely annihilate that fly and it, it's just kind of a it, it's a it's kind of a weird deal it takes a little bit to strip the line out you strip you know 50 60 feet of line out and then just kind of back into it and just kind of keep those lines um stretched out just slightly and you back into it a little bit more, give it a little bit more fuel, uh, if you will, on the electric. And the more you back into it, the more they sink. And the more that you let off of backing into it, um, the more they'll lift. And so there, there's kind of this l sweet dance that you can come up with that is just, oh, my gosh. And it's a ton of fun because when they hammer them they hammer that emerger i mean there is nothing kind about what they do to that emerger and it's a violent strike and there's nothing on the other you know there's no flasher there's no lead there's you know maybe a split shot and it's just a hoot it, it, it's a gas and it, it it takes a little bit to figure out how to do it effectively and there's a window where you don't have too much wind and maybe, you know, you've got some, but not too much. And in that window, you can just absolutely crush, crush anything that swims. And I'm talking, you know, if you're in a place with browns, you'll catch browns, bows, uh, kokanee, literally anything swimming in that lake is going to hit that thing and they do i i've i've done it and caught everything but it's a lot of fun and uh so i'm looking for different ways to fish when i'm in the high lakes and you be kind of you can kind of become creative i love fishing slip bobbers in the high lakes and i mean slip bobbers you know down 20 25 feet deep with an eighth ounce slip bobber and people would look at you like you're absolutely nuts and <laughs> yeah, I'm nuts. 
I'm so nuts that, oh, there's another one. And that's how nuts it gets, is that you just keep catching them over and over and over again. And, I, I you know, floats for whatever reason by lake fishermen, by trout fishermen, are, I mean, almost, it's kind of this weird thing where they're almost poo-pooed, where floats, everybody thinks red and white bobber. And so because you don't want to be the guy with the red and white bobber, you go completely to the other direction and you won't touch one. So, but I'm a sucker for a bobber going down. I mean, I, I, you know what? I don't care if it's a pound. I mean, yeah, I'm going to want 30 pounds later on. But, hey, a bobber down's a bobber down, you know? I mean, if you're a sucker for watching a bobber go under, I mean... I am. Call me small-minded, okay? I like watching a bobber go down. But, you know, a little eighth-ounce float or, um, you know, quarter-ounce float, jeez. I mean, you could do ho- you can do horrible things to them, especially if those fish are suspended. Oh, good God. And you can send it down 20, 25 feet. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, it's got to be on the surface. I mean, why does it have to be on the surface? Why? I, I, I don't know why. I mean, and I've gone to a lot of those lakes and gone with my dad, my kids, and I mean, just done awful things to them with a float. I mean, sheesh. And everybody's fishing on the bottom. And that's cool. That works too. But there's other things besides power bait to catch trout with. Okay? I'm just, I'm just letting you in on it there's other things that they will eat and uh it doesn't have to be a power bait it could it could be a lot of other things and uh so i like trying all those things that's why i go to the high lakes i don't i don't, I don't go to you know fill up the fill up the freezer or anything i mean we can do that with one fish elsewhere Anyway, and we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking salmon fishing right after this on the Northwest Outdoor Show. Stay tuned for more with Lance on the Northwest Outdoor Show. Let's lock and load with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. All righty. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to the Northwest Outdoor Show. If you're listening in Ben, Salem, Eugene, up to, uh, gosh, how far up do we get? Kelso, I don't know, Chehalis. I know we I know we get heard in Chehalis sometimes. And, uh, of course, over to the coast in Tillamook. Hello, how are you? Hopefully you've got a cup of coffee in you. And I'm glad to see that we've got a little ber- bit of precipitation. We certainly need it. And uh, it's just been kind of an odd winter. It really has. Um, you know, very unlike last year. Very different. And, but we've got a little, we've got a little snow, got a little white stuff showing up, which is nice. And, uh, hopefully we get, I don't know, we get lots of it and it stays in those mountains, but I'm not holding my breath, but you, you could say, as we get into the middle of February, we're getting towards the last ditch effort to really get some considerable snow in the mountains. It just, things tend to kind of warm up a little bit as we get towards March and where that's just not just doesn't happen very often I know it happens every now and then but um you know it'll it'll be nice to get as much as we can it it would be great because we could uh use that pack and uh 
But the good thing is, I think that early part of the Springer run on the Columbia, I think that's going to be pretty good. I think that's going to fish a little better than it has um, maybe in the last year or two. And I, I, I think guys are going to find some early success as those fish aren't going to be navigating uh, that mass of water. I mean, last year that was something, wasn't it? But uh, I loved what it did for our fishing and we had some fantastic fishing especially in the willamette as the water temperatures stayed down and we got to really fish into a part of the season where we had lots and lots of salmon around and it wasn't even a huge run we just had we just had lots of fish around and water temperatures were such where they were feeling still feeling their oats and had a little moxie to where you could go out and actually have some really really nice days i i i loved that season last year and had a fabulous time uh, actually from beginning to end. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Not a big run. It's interesting, though, what water conditions can do for you. And it's going to be interesting to see this fall what water conditions do for us on the Columbia as we uh, are starting to hear some rumors, if you will, of this year's fall Chinook season. And nothing official, but... uh, I do hear some things here and there, and uh, I'm pretty confident in what I'm hearing. And it looks like about 350-something thousand fall Chinook coming back on the Columbia. Um, probably the most difficult thing about that is that, um, you know, the Thule situation is, you know, pretty serious. And when the Thule situation gets as bad as it is, you start getting really curtailed on the stocks that are actually healthy. And so, you know, it would not be surprising this year to see uh, Mark Select all the way through the Bowie 10 season. Um, That may be what happens as uh, the numbers are, you know, just not where they need to be. And, you know, if that's like, wow, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's that's where it goes when you're not taking care of the task at hand and when you're not trying to enhance those stocks that are your constraining stocks like your toolies are. And I've been harping on this for years. So it's it's one of those things where it's like. What are they doing to enhance, to increase Lower Columbia Thule, native Thule escapement? And the answer is very little. All they do is control harvest. And some people would say, well, there's no habitat. And I would say, well, there's enough habitat to where if it was seeded, if it was seeded, that we would have some more fish back. There is habitat in the lower Columbia. There is not as much habitat as there once was, but there is certainly the opportunity to seed areas that do still have habitat. Um, and I think that's, a, that's, an important, that's an important thing to be doing when you've got the technology that we have that would allow us to do that. 
And uh, we've got some fantastic technology to be able to do that. And we just flat, they won't do it. And, um, um, you know, so what do you do? What do you do? You basically sit around and you wait for downturns in your salmon survival in the ocean. And then you endure what we're going to endure this year, which is, you know, very constrained seasons um, and restrictive fall Chinook seasons on the Columbia. And that's kind of your plan. But see, here's the thing. And I don't think that people realize this. Is that actually when fishing opportunities decrease, my theory is that budgets, whether basically federal support for the states increases. In other words, there's almost this, um, there's this need to study. There's this need to do things and make things happen and study some more and, um, you know, I would contend as things get worse, there's far, there's far more, there's far more money being spent. And I think I'm, I think I'm right about that. I, I, I don't think I'm wrong on it. Um, the ODFW has, has more to manage when there's, you, you would say fewer fish. And I don't think it's like some sort of conspiracy to make fewer fish i just don't think it's that big of a deal um i I really don't you know they may lose on licensing sales but they win elsewhere um either that or there's just no leadership it's one of the two uh where where literally you just don't have anybody that's really stepping up and saying hey we need to get out in front of this because you know for whatever reason I, i i don't understand the lack of leadership within the ODFW. It's actually been one of my pet peeves for a long time. It seems like there are people capable of that. And I've met people that are certainly capable of identifying problems and seeing problems and then uh, could come up with solutions. But those aren't the people that are running this show. The people that are running this show are the people that have been very, very politically aware Um, They are people that have been very strategic with their careers and are at the pinnacle and are decision makers and have learned to navigate the public opinion, have learned to navigate the politicians, have learned to navigate the ups and downs that um, is the economy and fish runs and wildlife issues and, and bird watching and so on and so forth. And um, I, but I don't know that a lot gets done. In fact, very little gets done. Um, and my case, you know, for the Thule's lower Columbia Thule's is, I, I guess that's exhibit a, is that very little's gotten done there except harvest constraints. But in terms of being progressive and really stepping out and actually Increasing, increasing seeding, increasing um, spawners in these spawning areas that are still going. That's just not something that that they've aggressively done, and uh, you, you know it's sad. So anyway, this year, I, I guess, long story short, is is that there's going to be serious constraints on our fall chinook fishing.
and you're going to find and possibly see um, Mark Select throughout the Bowie 10 season. And that's not official, but we're dealing with some fairly serious um, impact issues where the math just doesn't really even add up to us getting um, one fish limits. So, you know, of any, any type of fish. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, there's also, I mean, we're also at some thresholds where, you know, potentially, you know, there's going to be some big fights. I mean, commercially, sport, it's going to be an interesting year. It really is. Uh, we've got one more segment to go on this week's edition of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Hopefully you can stick around and we'll be back right after this. Just keep trolling along. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show. It's the final cast with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. If you've got a boat and you're, I don't know, you're one of those guys that likes to make sure that you're dealing with the right people and you've got the right equipment, then you might want to give the folks at the Boat Insurance Agency a call. They do one thing, they do it really well. They do boat insurance, and they're located right here in the Pacific Northwest, and they are about as knowledgeable of people as you will ever find when it comes to boat insurance, because that's all they do. Don't ask them about houses. Don't ask them about health care. Just ask them about your boat insurance. You can find them at boatinsurance.net. That's boatinsurance.net for your boat insurance needs and uh what have we done what have we done this week uh i think we talked about i don't know getting some snowpack and possibly getting some water in the in the old rivers and let me see we talked about our fall chinook season and what that's going to look like on the columbia down at buoy 10 and uh that's going to be interesting to follow and lots to talk about as it pertains to that season as as lots of people enjoy love to go to astoria love to head out on the columbia and there's going to be there's going to be some serious constraints ahead and even a fight on some of the allocation i mean it's (laughs) it's going to be a tough one so um you know it's it's going to be interesting how many people are you know going going to you know, bypass the opportunity, and that's that's a that's a tough that's a tough question. You know, um, mark rates down in the estuary around thirty five percent, right in there, and you know, meaning that for four people to go catch four fish, you know, you're looking at going out and needing to catch about eleven fish. And I think there's days I don't think that's a big deal, um, but that's a that's a lot of fish to to catch, to catch your four. Um, and people really want to catch salmon. They want to eat salmon. And throwing salmon back is kind of this, it's it's very anti, anyway, it goes against every bit of DNA that you have. Um, it, it is not normal to throw a salmon back. It's very difficult. You don't, you very rarely do you find people that are like, oh, yeah, that was a nice one. Oh, my gosh, I just threw him back. 
most of the time people are like, oh, dang, man. Gosh, I hope I get a hope I get a keeper, you know, and I'm just I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And I know that, you know, we've had some down ocean cycle, uh, a down ocean cycle recently. I know it's tough. I have no problem with that. That's just part of nature. And we're not going to do much about that. But the whole idea that our stocks that are most challenged, that we're not being proactive with those stocks when the times are good, that we're building up our base, if you will, um, and, uh, you know, to where you have escapement, you have spawning going on, um, you know, to where when you hit the when you hit the downtimes, You've still got fish coming back. You're still above thresholds that are going to really constrain um, everybody's fishing. I, I just, that's that's pretty upsetting. And uh, I'll say it, you know, it, it, it makes it difficult. But, you know, hey, we've been here before and we're going to be here again. You know, this is part of living in the Pacific Northwest. I've seen some brutal fishing, some brutal stretches of fishing, three-year stretches of fishing where it was just horrible and tough. And guess what? You come out of it, and the fishing on the other side of it is spectacular. It's awesome. You know, we just went through that. We just had great fishing. And um, now we get to go out and see how good we are. <laughs> see how good we are, and uh, and we're going to still have a good time. I mean, that's that's kind of how I look at it. You know, I'm going. You know, and your definition of success simply changes. It's it's not the same. Uh, if there were a million and a half fish coming back, I'd say, you know, hey, I want, I, I, I've got high expectations, okay? If I've got 350,000 fish coming back, my expectations are very different. And um, your victories are different. And I don't think that that's... Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing. If your expectations are tempered and you go into it with eyes wide open, you can still go out and have a good time. I know I'm going to, and having family and friends and clients that I get to hang out with down in in, in Astoria in August, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be having a great time. I'm going to have as good a time as as any year. It's just I'm gonna I'm gonna be tempered for sure. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. In the meantime, keep those lines tight, and we'll see you on the water. God bless everybody. Have a safe and happy weekend.